Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning, good morning. It is the 28th of March, 2023. I'm Carmen LaBerge. And uh, if it sounds, if the quality sounds a little bit different, I'm um, I'm broadcasting remotely today. I'm speaking this week at the uh, Christian Leadership Alliance event in Chicago, and so I'm broadcasting from um, <clears throat> what I'm just going to describe as a uh, makeshift bunker studio. There you go. So thank you so much for including me in your day. Um, counting on your prayers for me and mine, and I will be lifting up you in, in my prayers um, for you and yours. And so if you have particular prayer requests, you can always share those with me on the text line. Um, really, anything on your heart and mind, you can share on the text line with me during the show, 877-933-2484. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I needed, um, I needed this word this morning. Um, and so I'm ardently praying it for you. I pray that God the source of all hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And I pray all of this recognizing that um, when God fills us completely, everything else is pressed out. And when God fills us completely, it overflows and we overflow Paul describes it as overflowing with a confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not talking about uh, a hope that we would have in ourselves or even a hope that we would have in the things of this world, but that because God fills us up with himself by the power of the Holy Spirit, we live with a confident hope, even in the midst of very difficult days. And so let me lift up some prayer concerns this morning as our entry into um, conversations about, you know, how we're going to walk our faith out into the world that God so loves and do so in ways that honor Jesus. Let's uh, let's start with prayers um, today. There were 10 confirmed tornadoes um, through Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee on Friday. People are describing the devastation. You have likely heard them say things like, everything is gone. There's nothing left. Um, and there are two dozen families who are grieving not only the loss of material things, um, but the loss of loved ones. And so you are surely going to hear the story of the dad and his baby girl who died, his wife and their other two children survived. Um, the two-year-old girl who was killed, her mother 
survived and was taken to the hospital. And a couple hours after the storm that took the life of her two-year-old girl, she delivered another baby. So that date of death of that two-year-old that is going to be etched into that tombstone is also going to be the date of birth of her sibling. There's a lot going on there. There's a story to tell. There's a, a single mom to support in the midst of a storm. 26 people lost their lives. Each of them have a story, a family, a community that's grieving today. And then surely you have heard by now what happened in my hometown of Nashville yesterday. Um, six people, um, seven people ultimately, but uh, six people died at the hands of the other. Um, the language of murder-suicide uh, is included in an Instagram post that's now taken down by the shooter. Um, a former student broke into and opened fire at the Covenant School. It's located inside of Covenant Presbyterian Church in the Green Hills neighborhood of Nashville, Tennessee. Three children and three adults are dead at the hands of um, a person born female who was presenting at this stage of her life as male. Um, the three nine-year-old victims are named Evelyn, Haley, and William. The three adults, Catherine, Cynthia, and Mike. Um, those six families are dealing today with unspeakable grief. The sun is going to rise today where they live, but they're going to wake up in, um, in a very deep darkness. And so let's pray for them as they figure out how to live in the reality of a world that is devoid of the people they love. And there's more than just those six victims. We all understand this. Every child, every parent, every grandparent, every school employee, every church member, every member of that church staff, every responding member of law enforcement, um, every Green Hills neighbor, every Nashvillian, go on and on and on and on and on. Every family in every community across this great land that has suffered in a similar way. And then there's the Hale family. Their 28-year-old daughter, let me put it this way. Let me, let me describe it this way. 28 years ago, a young couple gave birth to a baby girl, and they named her Audrey Elizabeth. And they raised her in the church, and uh, they sent her to a private Christian school. And somewhere along the way, a darkness fell. This 28-year-old had the appearance of a teenager when first identified. Um, and there's going to be a lot more to this story. But... Let's not forget the Hale family in the midst of all of this. Oh God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Help us, Lord. Surround these families today, these families in Mississippi and Alabama and these families in Tennessee. Surround them with your love. Comfort them with the comfort that you alone can give. We pray for each of them. We pray for all of them. God, you are the source of all hope. Pour forth your Holy Spirit to do what none of us could do. Alleviate the pain of searing loss. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.
Our friend Nick Pitts is joining us now. He's a fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement. He's um he's a newlywed. He's a soon to be dad. He's got a lot going on. Good morning, Nick. It is a great morning. So good to be with you, Carmen. And there is a little bit going on, but you know what? <laughs> the Lord is good and He's kind, and uh, it's a great day to be alive. So I'm um, I'm so thankful that you will not be parenting alone. But let's talk about the rise of single parenting here in the United States. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we uh. So there's an, a new chart that came out from Flowing Data, and it, it talked about just the stark, uh, just the stark within one generation. We're seeing uh, a growing number of individuals that are not seeing a nuclear family in which they're raised. And so, in the 1950s, less than 10 percent of families uh, were with children were single parent. And by 2022, that number of families that had a single that had children with a single parent was 31 percent. So it's almost three times as common. Um, now, there's a there's a, a variety of ancillaries that come out of this and implications. I continue to go back to what Mary Everhurst uh, said and how the West really lost God. And what she talks about is this thing called the family factor. And the family factor being when there is a nu- nuclear family in place, a mother and a father in the house, it has the opportunity as well as it's just an intensifier for faith um, in the in the household. And not only faith in the household, but also uh, civic virtue and a variety of other what we would consider positive, good characteristics and attributes that are passed down to children. And so when we think about um, the new uh, new polls that came out around the Wall Street Journal and the drop in individuals that are identifying as religious, the drop in patriotism, you can't help but see that there's something else going on as well. And, and that would be the rise in single parent families. And uh, if you're if you are a single parent um, raising a child right now, if you are a grandparent of a child who is a single parent like this, don't hear condemnation in us. That's not what we're that's not what we're trying to do. Nick, I know I know you're hard on this. So um, but we are trying to recognize um, a trend, a pattern, a reality in the culture and um, amplify the need for um, those of us who are in proximity to a person who is raising a child by themselves, they need help. Like we, we can't allow them to, um, to not have a network of relationships that that child really needs. And so this is an opportunity, I think, for the church to step up and press in and be the family of God, the household of faith, um, as scripture describes. Oh yeah. You, I, I, you see it like oozing through and, uh, Paul's letter to Timothy, right? In first Timothy, there's, or in both the letters, you see him admonishing and so thankful for the faith that Lois and Eunice, his mother and grandmother brought and stirred within a young Timothy. And in turn, you see Paul just giving great attention at the end of his life to the family matters. Like probably one of my favorite books of the Bible is second Timothy, just because of the context. Paul is in, he is in a prison all by himself, all alone, writing this letter. And what is he wanting to impress upon Timothy? He's wanting to impress family matters upon him, understanding that there can be brokenness in a family, single parents. It could be a, a wayward child. It could be a widow situation. And, and Paul is wanting to instruct a young Timothy in his last moments of life to be able to impress these things and to create grace structures around those things 
that when the ideal is not met of a nuclear father and mother, the opportunity for the family and the faith, uh, the family of faith to come alongside these individuals and to raise them up and impress them upon the fear and the love of God. Nick, that's so rich. I'm not sure I'd ever really like thought about what Paul says to Timothy in quite that way. I mean, I, you know, Paul does express this thankfulness for the generational faith of the women who have poured into Timothy's life, but there is no mention, um, you know, of Timothy's dad um, or grandfather. And Paul is really, has really moved into that role um, of God parenting. And, and then, yeah, all of this instruction to Timothy about family life. I, I, I hadn't, I don't think I'd put that all together in that way. So thank you for, um, thank you for that contribution this morning. Let's take a very brief break. And then when we come back, can you read us in on the parents' bill of rights, rights that has been passed by uh, the U.S. House and maybe um, how we should be thinking about that? Of course. All right. That's what we're going to do next. Nick Pitts is here. He's a fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement. We're going to turn our attention to the Parents' Bill of Rights. What do you think your rights are as a parent? Um, And how many of those do you think are actually secured by law? Mm -hmm. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. She's your mother, you love her There won't be another place like her again that you call Continuing our conversation with Nick Pitts. Um, Nick, let's talk a little bit about the Parents' Bill of Rights. It has passed the House. Um, Don't really necessarily know what its prospects are to become law. It's hard for me to imagine that the president would ever sign it. Um, But tell us what what is in the Parents' Bill of Rights. Uh, Well, here we go. Well, I have to make this about myself for a a quick (laughs) second. Recognize the reality that teaching Nick was the Pitts uh, growing up. Uh, But it was because... Of despite my intransigence and despite my uh, like unwillingness to cooperate with teachers, it was the persistence of teachers to really work with my parents to be able to to be able to help me to understand this learning thing can be fun and this learning thing is something that you can do really well. And my parents working with my teachers, teachers were rock stars. Parents were amazing to ha- really help just a very erratic young child that had a wild mind um, was just very successful. And so what this bill is wanting to do is it's wanting, again, to, to equip and to ally parents to work with teachers in order that they might be able to, to uh, raise up this next generation. So essentially, this mil- bill was passed by House Republicans on Friday. It's going to require students, to, uh, schools to publish their curricula publicly, mandate parents be allowed to meet with their children's teachers and make schools give information to parents when violence occurs on school grounds. Um, parents are going to get to receive a list of books and reading materials uh, accessible at the school library and give parents a say when they're crafting and updating their policy policies and procedures relative to student privacy. Now, a lot of this may seem, uh, there's a lot of school systems right now that are already operating on this. I think the 
Uh, unfortunately, in a nation where there is upwards more than 100,000 schools, um, it, we can often pay attention to the bad apples and some of the schools that are kind of doing outlandish things and then just project that onto the entirety of the system. There's a lot of schools that are doing a lot of great work that's already touched on in this. But this is just the um, kind of uh, at the national level, at the federal level, kind of going in and essentially just wanting to equip parents and tighten that partnership between parents and teachers so that students succeed. So we will um, we will certainly keep an eye on um, on this particular bill as it proceeds. uh, And and I think this is one that we'll circle back around to. Um, I sent you a uh, an article entitled My Best Friend Died Alone because I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk again today. I know we've talked about it in the past about the loneliness epidemic and just really encourage people today to make a human connection. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and just talk about just a, a heartbreaking article from the free press Some great work that's happening with Barry Weiss and her team over there. And it just chronicles what we all know to be true. We all know an individual that just is lonely, um, that uh, they've either isolated themselves or they have been isolated due to circumstances, situations, or their own decision. And we know that loneliness isn't just a dire kind of lack of, uh, it's not just something that's undesirable from a social aspect. We also know it has great health implications. I mean, a Harvard Health study found that um, uh, being classified as lonely is like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Um, individuals that are lonely has been rising here in the U.S., and the pandemic didn't help that at all when it forced us to isolate ourselves. We know that there's a rise in the number of individuals that would say they, they have somebody that they could talk to in time of need. It's, almost, it's upwards of like 40% now that people are just desperate. And the unique thing that we have, not not just because we've been called to love our neighbor and to, and, and to do good to the household of faith, we also have the opportunity just within the existing structures that we have that we're surrounded by a lot of lonely people, um, whether it's you're going to work or whether it's going to a, a civic club, you're interacting with a variety of people. And the interesting thing is we, we just don't know the story of those people you're walking beside. And just being intentional and what I found, just asking God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear that word that might need to be said or the the kindness that might need to be exerted to that stranger. Because you never know, you might be the the angel that's entertaining that person that's suffering and is really quietly struggling. Um, All right, Nick, I'd like to end on a uh, on a happy, encouraging note um, today. So Chris Stapleton on American Idol um, chose to use like, right, I just described this as like, you know, choosing to use your 15 minutes of fame to glorify God. Um, I mean, you think of a show like American Idol, and it has the word idol in it, and that can't be good. But um, Chris Stapleton in this rendition of Come to the Table, pretty just extraordinary. public witness to the gospel oh my goodness yeah this guy so it's a so it's the country chris stapleton and let me just go ahead and tell you i'm a huge country fan chris stapleton fan for sure he has if go look it up on youtube chris stapleton and justin timberlake when they performed incredible 
But this guy is the, they're calling him the Christian Chris Stapleton. Um, he's Warren P. He's a worship pastor. And what does he do when he's given his 15 minutes of fame on American Idol? He sings, come to the table. This is Zach Williams, incredible song about the opportunity that we've been given to join, uh, to join at the, the supper of the lamb, to come to God, just as we are. And just as it, incredible witness on a large stage where millions of people are watching and hearing a song that really does show about God's unconditional love for us. Cannot highly recommend it enough. Um, It's just a, it's a very, it's a absolutely beautiful and makes me so, so jealous because I have the confidence of Warren P to sing. Unfortunately, I don't have the voice anywhere close to sound like he does, but nevertheless, that's where we are. Okay. Yeah. I misspoke. Chris Stapleton is not the person singing it, but gosh, he sure does sound like him. Okay, the guy's name oh, is yeah. Warren. It's weird. Warren P. P. E. A. Y. Um, and it's absolutely worth uh, worth finding um, on YouTube. So you're looking for Warren P. P. E. A. Y. Um, but if you if you just type in Christian Chris Stapleton, it'll it'll also come up because oh, yeah. so freakishly sounds like him. Okay. Yes. Um, and, and I just think, right, just to, it, whatever you're doing today, um, you know, what, whatever your occupation, whatever the opportunity is before you, Nick and I want to encourage you to use every opportunity to bring glory to God. If somebody gives you an opportunity to stand on a stage and sing a song, sing a song, uh, about God to the glory of God. Um, if somebody gives you an opportunity today to pray in public for people in distress, um, address God directly and lift up his, his name and turn um, the attention to Jesus. Um, so there's going to be lots of, uh, of attempts today to turn people's attention um, to things that are dark and to things that are divisive. Let's be people that turn our attention to the Lord, our God. And as other people see our eyes lifted up and our voices lifted up and our heads bowed in prayer, they might be led to consider the God um, with whom we are living this day. Nick, as always, thank you so much. We love our time with you. So great to be with you. God bless you. Likewise. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Let's go upwards with Max Lucado. It gets so hard just trying to figure it out, fighting down, trying to believe God, trying to watch the words in my mouth and stay on there's some um, very terrible and tragic news uh, out of the southern border this morning. Um, at least 39 people were killed on Monday night. 29 others injured. Those numbers could uh, could all rise. A fire broke out at a U.S. government-run migration facility, um, technically in northern Mexico, uh, but right there on the U.S. southern border. And so these were people who um, have, uh, were absolutely attempting to, you know, immigrate to the United States. Um, the fire broke out at the National Migration Institute in Juarez. Um, it's a border city across from El Paso, Texas, uh, just before 10 p.m. last night in the facility's accommodation area, which means the the part of the facility where people were being housed. And so this is certainly a story that is going to be unfolding in the news. Um, and there will, I'm sure, be lots of blame casting and lots of anger. But let's stay focused on the fact that 39 people lost their lives and 29 others are 
um, are, are suffering uh, serious injuries related to this fire. And these are already people, you know, in, in a very desperate circumstance um, and a government here in the United States straining to figure out um, what to do in terms of responding to people who, who want to come. So let's just be lifting that up as a prayer concern today as well. We're going to turn our attention um, to what is happening around the world, and we're going to, uh, in particular, bring Israel into focus. Um, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has hit the pause button on a proposal or a proposed judicial reform. Um, uh, He says uh, we need to allow more time for negotiations um, to avoid what? Civil war. Yeah, um, things got pretty crazy in Israel over the last couple of days. And Luke Moon is going to join us to talk uh, to talk about that and other international headlines. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. The wise men will bow down before the throne. And at his feet, they'll cast their golden crowns. Our friend Luke Moon is back. You can find what he's working on at philosproject.org. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Carmen. I mean, were you off the job? What in the world happened in Israel? I feel like we send you over there on a regular basis. And I, what, Okay, can you read us in? What in the world is going on? Right. So over the last you know couple months, there's been this judicial reform plan, which is basically... You know, the part of the issue is that the, um, the the Supreme Court in Israel, the members of the Supreme Court are chosen by the members of the Supreme Court. So and and they occasionally, you know, hold back legislation that the Knesset, which is the Israeli parliament, makes. And so the current government led by Bibi Netanyahu has been pushing for uh reform basically you know it there's some needs to be some changes in how members of supreme court are chosen and what they can like they're putting you know some some controls into you know how much they can overturn of the knesset when the challenge is israel does not have a constitution it has basic laws which are like you know their constitution light if you will uh but and so the reforms have led to protests. Uh, those protests have been growing over the last several, I mean, like really almost the last couple of months. And it, it, they came to a head over the weekend, basically, when the Supreme Court, sorry, the defense minister uh, was fired uh, for his, basically his, his, what he was saying uh, against Bibi Netanyahu. That led to basically everybody in Israel taken to the streets. The like, you know, seven hundred and fifty thousand people hit the streets for hours. Which is I mean, a like, little country. Like, let's just uh, remind people: like, Israel is a small, is a geographically small place. Seven hundred and fifty thousand people taking to the streets anywhere would be <laughs> like bananas. But in a country yeah. this small, I mean, it's yeah. it's like everybody was out there protesting, yeah, counter protesting. Like everybody is on the streets. Yes, and there was there was like. Uh, the pictures of the freeway uh, going through Tel Aviv, which is a six-lane highway in each direction, that was just stuffed with people. 
like people walking, not people driving. It was like not on, they weren't even walking. They were just kind of standing there in, in protest. <laughs> and uh, so it, it, it kind of, Bibi's hand was forced. He decided to uh, postpone uh, the, the reading of the legislation, which is like it, there's two, there are actually three total re- readings before something becomes passed. And one reading had already been done. And the, the call was to delay uh, and, or the, the ask by, by people within the government and you know the opposition was, let's delay, let's delay. And so basically they, they forced BB's hand. BB uh, agreed to delay uh, the votes until after Passover, which happens uh, next week. Uh, and then also after Holocaust Remembrance Day, so it's it, it's it's basically you know we'll see we'll see if that satisfies anybody. My sense is that it doesn't. Uh, they you know the opposition sees blood in the water as a result of all this and is going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Uh, but you, you know it's like every other place, Carmen, that you know we've been talking about for years is that. You know the, the the split in the country is 50 50. There's 120 members of Knesset, and uh, BB's government has 61. So they had do have a majority, but they don't have a huge majority, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's you know countries are really split down the middle on when stuff like this happens. It just you know it'd be nice if there was you know I mean I well I guess. President a unity Xi. of spirit, a unity of spirit and bond of peace. That's what yes, I would like. Yes, yes, yes. Mind you that both though, though uh, President Xi of China did did get uh, he was uh, elected recently uh, with a vote of what two thousand five hundred and sixty nine to zero. So it's a lot. I, you know, it's a little much. Maybe like you know, you have to have some opposition so yes well i was going to say so there there is a you know right everybody votes one way but that doesn't mean that there's a unity of a spirit nor the bond of peace like these are what what is happening on the surface um Mm -hmm. is not always the truth of the matter uh that lies beneath and so you know i think thank you for surfacing that because there are these places where it sure does look like there's peace a little bit like the pax romana right i mean rome (laughs) was able to secure a peace because of their brutality um and so you know you know you just you you couldn't be an opposition leader that just didn't happen i mean in fact uh, you know, right? Jesus is ultimately crucified for what today would be called sedition. So, um, okay, let's um, let's stay in this part of the world. But can you help us understand um, these? I'm going to use like rising tension. It's a little more than rising tension. Um, what's happening in Syria, and how are Iran and the United States engaged with each other in that context? Yeah, well, Syria. There was there, well, there was an attack by on a on basically a U.S. We have a little base. We have some troops in in northern Syria um, that are basically protecting a autonomous region uh, that they came under attack uh, from uh, basically weaponized drones, the same kind of drones that Iran has sent to has has given to Russia. Uh, to be used in Ukraine, uh, those weaponized drones—they uh, killed uh, 
one uh, contractor and and wounded some some soldiers, and the and then the U.S. responded by you know taking out the the base where it came from, uh, killing fifteen on that side, and um, that basically at this point that part of Syria has created somewhat of a I don't know, proxy war is not quite the right way to say it because it is U.S. troops, but nonetheless, it's a proxy war between the U.S. and Iran uh, in Syria. Uh, and, you know, it's it, the response the, the first time was, was very strong. Then there was another attack response to that was, was you know, the, the, there's, there's a desire on the administration side to not, uh, you know, keep uh, responding so aggressively. Uh, but Iran is also like not interested in in what we're selling. Uh, we the, the the peace uh, the the agreement on their nuclear uh, work is basically you know that thing's dead. But we're still trying. Uh, we I don't think we have a clear eyed view on what's going on. Like of of I don't think the administration's clear on Iran, and I think it. Iran's taking advantage of that and it's going to it's going to hurt us. Um when when it's not obvious um I mean this happens on the playground, I mean it happens in a classroom, <laughs> it happens in a in a office, it happens in a neighborhood. Um it certainly happens in cities and states and now it's happening around the world. When um and and I don't want to say like the kind of strength that let's say Rome um, had, uh, but when when it's not obvious to people in the world that somebody with with good intentions for everyone is in a position to hold everyone accountable if necessary, when that isn't the case, like bad actors, they they just right. like wait for those right. opportunities, and then it seems like right now all the bad actors are pressing forward everywhere around the world. That's what it feels like to me. No, and I think that's right. I, I, you know, I define justice or injustice as an abuse of power, right? Like when something happens, you know, and, and an abuse of power can be, you know, like, I mean, murder is an abuse of power, but rape is an abuse of power. And, and in the conflict situation like this, um, like you, the way that, uh, abuse of power is corrected is by righteous power like people in with the right intent putting an end to it putting a stop to it and if you have a you know the the, the stuff that iran is doing internally killing its own people or for not wearing a hijab uh like the 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 stuff that the the ayatollah is doing internally is 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 quite evil and then exporting that and uh, to to Syria, exporting that to Lebanon, um, and partic- you know, siding and helping Russia uh, with weapons that are used against Ukraine, and it's it's and if if Iran doesn't feel like it it's going to get any kind of pushback, any kind of serious pushback, it will just keep doing what it's been doing, and it's not getting pushback. Not in any serious way, um, you know. And making statements uh, is not is at some point becomes insufficient. 
right? You know, you can <laughs> you can you can you know, see somebody fighting, and you say, "Hey, stop!" You know, and you can say, "Hey, stop!" And again and again, but at some point, you have to go over and stop it. And we're just, you know, that used to be uh, our position all over the world. Now we're walking that back. You know, part of it's, I think, due to the American people is not super interested in us being the police of the world. But when we're not the police of the world, it means that someone else is going to step in. And who, who, who else has the power and the money to do that? Well, right now it's China. And so we're, you know, if we're not going to, if we're not going to step in and say, stop doing this stuff, then someone else is going to do it. And, and, um, they don't, they won't necessarily have the same view of human life and human rights that we do. So hmm. difficult. Um, we're going to have uh, Luke read us in on what is happening um, in other places around the world as well, because it, it does feel as if uh, tensions are heightened, um, you know, not only in the Middle East, not only uh, in China and, and in South Asia, but other places as well. So um, we're going to talk about what's happening in Germany and France. And if you say to yourself, wow, we are talking about a lot of things around the world today, that's because God's got the whole world in his hands. Um, and it is a small world after all. And so we are, um, we're talking about it today. Where in the word are you? That might be the most important question we've asked thus far this morning. Um, uh, get into the word of God uh, today if you have not been there already. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of what we do on live radio every day. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you at MyFaithRadio.com. Right now, we're inviting you to share your Faith Radio story. What do you love about Faith Radio? What do you love about Mornings with Carmen? How has this program changed the way you think or the way you live, the way you engage others in the conversations of the day. We really do want to hear from you. Your story could encourage someone else and certainly glorify God. So share what you love about Faith Radio by calling 877-933-2484 and leave us a message today. Again, thanks for listening. Continuing our conversation with Luke Moon, you can find Luke at philosproject.org. Uh, um, all right, Luke, let's uh, let's pivot to Europe. What's going on in Germany and what's going on in France? So in Germany, they were hit with the railroads, a railroad strike. There was a lot of protests. Uh, there's there's a lot of really, actually really high inflation in Germany, uh, actually higher than what even the U.S. had last year. Uh, 9.3%, which is just, you know, that's brutal. Uh, and th- as a result, that basically the, you know, the, the transportation union decided like, listen, we got to, we, we, we can't, aff- you know, our people are having a hard time putting food on the table. So we need a 10.5% rate. Uh, and so you, you have obviously protests and strikes uh, going on there. They have also in Germany uh, somewhat there's concern about um, the, the, a bank crisis happening in Germany, how that will play out. I mean, that you had the bank crisis last week in Switzerland. Uh, Credit Suisse ended up being bought uh, 
in a fire sale by basically uh, was was I don't know sale told. I don't know if that's a word, but they were basically the you know Swiss government uh, basically sold off Credit Suisse to another bank. Um, the one of the largest banks in the world, uh, Deutsche Bank, is is having some similar pressure uh, economically, uh, institutionally, and so there's concern that that bank will will also uh, you know fall under. But it's it's uh, these are giant banks. These are like the equivalent of something like Bank of America, uh, not as opposed to like the you know the small bank of, uh, of the that that went under the the Silicon Valley Bank. That's that's small compared to what's happening in Europe with their banking system. Uh, and so the protests are related to that, um, just because you know it's all it, it, it's so much of the the printing of money during and basically giving away you know pay, paying people to stay home uh is was expensive and governments printed trillions of of dollars worth of money uh to fund all that and now uh it's coming to roost and yeah. uh that's that's uh it's going to lead to more and more uh strains that we're seeing so I think that as in all things, Luke, like it, me- it matters what you measure and it matters mm-hmm. when you measure what you measure and bank regulations and even like watchdog um, stress testing is no longer measuring the same kinds of things that uh, banking has evolved into. I mean, the economy has radically changed and bank oversight hasn't has not changed um and the the i mean even the whole conversation about um fdic uh you know coverage up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars of uh you know of a deposit of a you know in one account even that conversation has been interesting because how do you function as a business that is quote-unquote relatively small in the economy today when you're, you need to be moving more than that every month in and out in just in order to keep things flowing. I mean, you need to be moving more than that in and out by magnitudes of 10 and 10 and 20. Like it's not, it, it just, the economy has radically changed and the economy has radically changed because the U.S. government has flooded it with cash. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, and so the the regulations and the oversight and the watchdogging and the stress testing hasn't actually kept up with the realities of uh, of there being so much money in the system. So, I uh, you know, I yeah. think that governments don't move nearly as quickly as uh, as technology innovation and in this case banking. So, um, you, yeah, you all have of this that situation. Is- you have this situation also in France, which is obviously next door, in which you know. The, in order to address some of these challenges uh, economically, internally, uh, the, the president uh, Macron, this, you know, asked to raise the the retirement age, the pension age, from sixty two to sixty four, and the whole country lost its mind. Uh, and yeah. and the, you know, he's trying to save everybody's pensions. And by increase, in order to do that, he's got to increase it. Like they, somebody's got to give somewhere, right? right. And that's right. And and that's the that's the challenge of these leaders is they're facing. It was all fun and games during COVID. I mean, <laughs> not really. I mean, they were stressed out about COVID, but 
the the answers were always, oh, let's just spend more money. Let's just like give everybody free tests. Oh, yeah, let's and now just, the, the like, bills are and now the bills are coming due. That's, and I mean, they're that's coming essentially due. what's going on. And, yeah, the bills yeah, are coming due. And the due. problem with the problem with you know, when you put so much money into an economy, what these what these, you know, Federal Reserve types, you know, the, the national bank, the whatever of these countries, they're having to pull that money back out of the system. And that is, you know, that's done through in like uh, raising interest rates. And these it's just it's 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 really i think the impact of covid uh is going to manifest itself in a ton of different ways right now it's stressing the banking system you know we had like it it disrupted the educational system of children you know for two years and we're still not yet seeing the implications of that um the implications on the church i mean i've i've been you know the 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 statistics are starting to just now come out on, you know, what people did for church uh, during COVID and are they going back to church and are, you know, the number of churches that are closing and the rise of, of, of the nuns, not, yep. you know, not no, absolutely. The kind, but the, you know, and S is, is like all that stuff where is just now beginning to come out. Absolutely. And I think we're going to increasingly see, a, you know, not just in the U.S., but across the world, uh, the impact of, you know, <laughs> the bill coming due in yeah. so many sectors, so many sectors. And it's it's um, it's going to take real leadership in order to be able to, you know, guide people through that. And it's and the kind of leadership that that isn't just um, comms leadership but actual leadership, right. In terms of being mm-hmm. able to uh, like motivate people and, and offer a cleared way that's, you know, yeah, vision, vision, leadership, vision, the way you exactly. get buy-in all of that. Hey, Luke, we got to leave it right there as always. Um, thank you so much for joining us. You guys can connect with Luke moon at philosproject.org. You're listening to mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen the Burge. This is faith radio. Show me your face. Hey, what's your uh, what's your measuring matters? And so let's measure this day: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control. Let's be measuring those things. Let's be measuring them out. Um, let's be pouring forth the gospel um, always and in all ways. Let's be loving people well. Let's go to the love well, John chapter four. If you haven't been to the love well today, go to the love well of Jesus in order that you're going to be able to love people well today. We got another hour together next. Thank you for listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.